Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We have a great show for you guys today. Um, We're going to drill down on one of our favorite topics, which is the listing process. And what we're going to do is Julie and I are going to get into the weeds with with you about what the seven-step listing process is. And it's really important that you take notes about what we're talking about and think about what we're talking about as we're discussing it with you. We're going to do our normal, direct, practical, tactical, drilled-down path to you guys having a listing system in place. But you've got to take notes. You've got to concentrate. One of the biggest problems that most of you have is that, and this is your egos, is that you spend way too much time trying to figure out your own way of doing it. You spend way too much time trying to basically go to 14 different sources and trying to figure out 14 different ways to, do, to accomplish one goal. That's as asinine as basically saying you want to drive from here to whatever the furthest state in the nation is, and you are deciding, well, you know what, I have got, uh, I'm going to go and I got this you know, GPS thing, and it's telling me exactly how to get there, but I'm going to go and try to patchwork quilt my own maps together. I'm going I'm to get a bunch of information from a bunch of different GPSs and a bunch of different maps, and I'm going to go on a Facebook group and ask for travel tips, all that sort of stuff. You have to recognize it's just you procrastinating getting to work and you procrastinating doing the actual work, which is being of service to other people and doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So when we're going through the seven-step listing process with all of you today, it's really critical that you take notes and you just basically treat it as if it were gospel for your business and don't think for a second that it is not the most efficient way for you to have a great listing system. Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Yes, thank you. And as you were saying that, and I totally agree with you that so many of them spend so much time trying to re-engineer the wheel that they never actually get started on this. And, you know, there's another version of that, which is at least as bad, and that's the agents, to use your driving analogy, who say, you know what, I've been driving a car for a really long time. I'll just use my instincts. I'm just going to kind of wing it, and, uh, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I can figure it out. Well, that works until it doesn't. That works until you're trying to drive from Texas to California and find yourself in Montana. Now, you can still get to California, but it's going to take you a lot longer time, cost you a lot more time and money that way. So, yes, I agree with you 100% simply follow the plan. And, by the way, what we're doing today is also a little excerpt from the updated Harris Rules book. So this is a little taste of that as well. Shall we get started? Um, so we, we got an email from someone this morning named Cameron Rosso. I love his last name. It means red in Italian. Very cool. I don't know if you saw this, Julie. But it says, hey, Tim, what you're saying in yesterday's podcast was actually biblical. Matthew 621, Jesus, when talking about laying out treasures up in heaven and not on earth, says, where your treasure is in, I'm sorry, where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. It pretty much is saying, uh, take the action, and then the emotions will follow. Love your work. Keep it going. On, uh, keep, uh, keep on keeping on, Cameron Rosso. Um, and guys, by accident or on purpose, much of what we teach you is based in Bible scripture, and um, I think most of it, to be honest with you, is subconscious, but it comes out in both of us because we both studied the Bible. I certainly spent a lot of time in church as a kid, and um, 
it does not surprise me also that some of the people who we have influenced us in our thinking also have the fundamental uh, beliefs and you know biblical teachings because the teachings of the Bible and most of the, if you guys really look at the stories in the Bible, they're all about in essence what it takes to master the discipline of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level and being of service to other people. And that recurring theme is not necessarily overtly labeled as religion or you know Christianity or pick your religion um, when you read a, b- a book about somebody who is successful, when you read a book about a famous um, athlete or just it doesn't matter what. They don't necessarily – and you won't necessarily see them talking about the Bible overtly um, like Cameron did in that scripture passage. But what you will see are the direct parallels – between all the characteristics, all the qualities of what it takes for someone to be successful long-term and Scripture. Now, again, did the person overtly like read the Bible and then all of a sudden say, I'm going to do that in my life? Maybe. But most likely what you're seeing is the occurrence of recurring themes that actually have uh, – you know, that are based in Scripture but also based in a common language that all of us share – which is required that you know that you can at least be somewhat, you know, fluent in if you ever plan on being successful. I hope that made sense to all of you. I know it didn't make sense for most of you, but I know it made sense for some of you. The point being is if you really get down to the root of what it takes for a human to be successful on this planet, and success is defined by, in our minds, being successful, being a service to other people. Um, you know, being true to yourself, taking care of your family, just all the things that we talk about on this podcast. We don't uh, put religion, our belief in God, as a you know driving principle in the business when we're talking to other people because we have to be respectful of their sets of beliefs. We don't judge them. It's just not part of our. It's not part of our rap. It's not what we do. But we do see that when people do follow a common set of beliefs, and I'm not, again, saying religion. I'm saying, in essence, the rules of how to live a noble life. You will find that those are very much fundamentally the same principles that you'd learn had you studied the Bible. So it's not unusual for um, anyone to basically start doing something, having all different levels of experience on this planet. You know, All of a sudden, you adopt the mindset of being of service to other people. All of a sudden, you really start having it click off, click off in your head that your highest and truest purpose on this planet is to be of service to other people. And you have, in order to do that, you have to learn how to do, master the art of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So these are just things that we say, and maybe they're things that you basically start believing and taking action on, like Julie and I strive to do every single day. And then you might come across an iteration of what I just said in the Bible. Or you might find somebody – you might be reading an old book, a biography, or you might be watching something on the History Channel back when the History Channel did history – something like that, and then you're going to see a version, or like I said, an iteration of what Julie and I say, and you're going to say, damn, I just heard you know, somebody, Lincoln, say something that was very similar, or I just heard maybe a modern person that you idolize say something similar. It's because the path to the, the essentially a great life on this planet as a human, the rules, if you will, they're consistent, and they always have been. They're, they're the same for everybody, and they always have been. In order for you to be successful on this planet, you have to understand that the path, the information, the data, 
that you need is right there in front of you. You don't have to go search it, search for it or recreate it. Now, there's a ton of static and there's a ton of noise out there. There's a ton of confusion out there. There's a ton of people that are trying to sell you shortcuts, you know, trying to sell you the easy button. And we rally against those people overtly. We see that as our cause. We, we see you guys as, and I mean by this, I mean the tens of thousands of you that listen to us on a regular basis and the thousands of you that are coaching clients or becoming coaching clients. You are the people that we are, were intentionally put in the way of so that we can help all of you. That was our mission. That's what Julie and I feel, professionally anyway, we are put on this planet to do. Your our responsibility, and we have to live up to that honor of being your coaches. So when Julie and I are putting our words together and phrasing what we're going to say and thinking about how we're going to say it, thinking about how we can put something um, you know, on this podcast or in one of our books so it will have the most positive impact to the most people, that's the bar that we set for ourselves. That's our fundamental belief structure. We truly believe that we were put in your way in essence, and you and ours in many ways, on purpose, intentionally. That's what Julie and I truly believe in our hearts. And we talk about that too, just like I just told you. Um, so, yes, Cameron, I appreciate your email. I do. And all those of you who send us emails that are similar, thanking us for you know, helping you set your course directly, you know, finding, helping you find True North, here's the reason that we resonate with you. Ultimately, this is the real reason. Very rarely do Julie and I say anything that is truly something that you haven't felt or heard or experienced before. We're just, we're in essence reminding you. You've, you've all heard of the aha moments of the epiphany and all that. Having coached for a billion years, my belief is those actually don't really exist. The emotion of that aha moment isn't the discovery of something new. It's the reminding of you of something you already knew. So in other words, it's not all of a sudden you discovered something you never even realized before. It was that you rediscovered it, and it was always in your heart. It was always in your mind. It was always an eight in, within you, and you, because we were, you were listening to us, or somebody else for that matter, we were able to spark that reconnection with that innate knowledge that you have within yourself. That's what our job is. That's what our mission is. And we have to break things down and make them as simple and practical and no bs as possible, no fluffy as possible, and we have to be sometimes be brutal with our use of words so that you guys will listen. So we'll cut past through all your modernized ego shortcut belief structures based on Mickey Mouse, okay? And there's so much of it out there, so popular and so trendy. We're not going to ever do that because we'll be betraying what our mission is on this planet and, frankly, what all your missions are as well. Because if we can ignite something within you, and you decide that you're going to basically become the best version of you on this planet. You're going to connect with the same fundamental you know, code as the, that all of us have, but you're really going to connect with it. And then you then become the leader within your own little world, and then you'll be put in front of other people that you can, too, be of service to. Do you understand? That's where Julie and I are coming from. That's really what a root driver is for us when we're thinking about what we're going to say and the actions we're going to take. We never make it about us. We never make it about, you know, self-aggrandizement. We don't ever – we don't do that. We're not going to do that. That's not – that doesn't help you. It just basically sparks your ego, and, you know, some of you might like that. If we talk about 
all the things that some of you like to talk about on Instagram, <laughs> but we're not going to. <laughs> Julie, does this make sense? It'd be more entertaining for us, but we're not going to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. You know, when you're talking about uh, it's not that you haven't had the thought before, we're just reminding you of that. I, I liken that in the book to uh, mental or emotional deja vu. It, mm. it probably feels familiar to you because maybe you've heard it a lot of different times. You know, our point is to get you to do something about it, to remind you about it, but to get you to take action. So that's why we're going to do more of a drill down and less of a just, you know, delivering bullet points. I could just give you the seven steps for the listing process, but we're, we're here to help you understand, to remember why it's important so that you can take action at a higher level, if that makes sense. It does. I like that. Your, what would you say that? Deja vu, what was it? Oh, mental, mental and emotional deja, deja vu. Yeah. Ooh, that's so much better. I'm going to steal that from you. You haven't told me about that before. I like it. Get the book. Mental and Just emotional. Kidding. Get the book. <laughs> okay. Smart ass. All book right. doesn't come so, out for another few months. Anyway. No, it's my cliffhanger. So what? this is from the book, so the seven-step listing process. That alone, just the phrase, the seven-step listing process, might seem intimidating to some, the fact that there's seven steps and I can't just like show up and wing it, but that it's also a process. Why is that? It's because these seven steps we've set up for you through thousands and thousands of appointments ourselves and hundreds of thousands of coaching calls and success stories from our coaching clients because the seven steps will save you from so many mistakes, so many missteps, so many things that can bite you that you may or may not even see. And it is a process. When you follow that, you're going to win those listing appointments virtually every time, if not 100% of the time. And you'll see why as we go through this. So I always like to start out with a little bit of mindset stuff, but nothing woo-woo. Just a little mindset here, except the following. You have to list to last. So you're not going to do the seven-step process if you haven't accepted that listings are mental labor, working with buyers is physical labor, but that freedom comes with listings. You can simply handle more listing business than buyer business once you understand the process. Being a listing agent requires more education, skill, polish, motivation, and perseverance than being a buyer's agent. Listing agents make a lot more money, more consistently, and with less stress. That's a fact. So let's take a second and breathe. Accept that all of that is true. Don't fight it. Don't argue with it. Don't try and re-engineer it. It is just a fact. So... Now that we've accepted that, I gave them, what, 20 seconds to do that. <laughs> they can chew on it. But accept, then we accept, move accept. on. <laughs> accept, it's okay. You must develop the mindset of a listing agent. Listing agents know how to consistently generate listing leads. They know how to follow up, pre-qualify, present in such a way that they take the listing, negotiate in such a way that it sells, and, of course, close the deal. They're able to do all of that in such a way that the seller sends lots of referrals their way and trusts that agent with their own future business. You have to have that mindset of the listing agent. Listing agents work with more than just repeat and referral clients. They are able to successfully help colder types of leads due to their higher level of skill and confidence. What I'm trying to say there is that the true listing agent doesn't just list friends and family. That's how you know if you're a skilled listing agent is when you take someone who doesn't know or trust you and maybe wasn't even referred to you, okay, and they list with you anyway because there is no other choice but you. Here's a fact. 
Many agents do the same volume and number of deals year in and year out because they are dependent on, quote, what comes to them naturally, as in the easy business. In order to get to the next level, you must learn to not just work with people you know, but also people you don't know. For some of you listening, this is the breakthrough that you've been waiting for, is to, yes, of course, take great care of repeat and referral and friends and family clients. That's your core business. But to get to the next level, you've got to be able to list people you don't know and to get it sold and get it closed for them. So let's get to uh, something that will help your mind remember this, the listing agent's seven Ps. Profit comes from previewing. That makes you a better pricer. Pre-qualifying, that makes sure that you're in front of someone with motivation and time frame. Preparing, using the pre-listing package. And, of course, a polished professional presentation. And I added, prayer doesn't hurt. Here's a quote from Norman Vincent Peale. Believe in yourself. Have faith in your abilities. Without a humble but reasonable confidence in your own powers, you cannot be successful or happy. So, again, that was Norman Vincent Peale. That, that was appropriate to segue into the actual steps of the system. Well, the rest of it doesn't matter if you don't do step one. Generate the lead. So remember the spokes in the wheel method of lead generation. There's no one magic silver bullet that will solve all of your lead generation needs. You must implement at least five spokes of lead generation, perfecting, purifying, and pursuing until you are the best at each spoke. In other words, not just dabbling in fill in the blank, probate, or dabbling in um, expireds would be an obvious choice. That you're not just trying it out and seeing how it goes. You become the best at it. That way you can say it's an actual lead generation spoke. So as Tim often says, <clears throat> you can requote this if I don't do it like you do, in, an, in order to sustain long-term ever-increasing success, you must do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, and at the highest level, which often means, here's the rub, doing more prospecting, marketing, and lead follow-up than you think you should be doing. So if you struggle with lead generation, you can get help. It doesn't have to be feast or famine, real estate roller coaster of income. Commit to ending your cash spurts and get into cash flow. That starts with getting great at lead generation. So I'm going to take a breath and a drink of tea, Tim, and uh, stay here for a second because we're talking about lead generation. Anything you want to add to that fact? Because the rest of it, if you don't have any leads, you're not going to have any listings. Spokes in the wheel analogy, she touched on that. You guys should go back and listen to a past podcast we've done on that. That's a, a t sort of a Tim, Tim and Julie Harris original way of explaining. Um, but the essence of it is this. Uh, the more spokes you have on a wheel, the stronger the wheel is. just sort of makes sense. The first spoke you should add to your wheel is the center of influence and past client spoke. That's what most agents do, and that becomes their only spoke. The problem with that being your only spoke, because I know there's whole sort of uh, – it's almost – groups of people that have treated centers of influence and past clients almost like a religion, and that's the only thing they do, and they spoil them, and they have lunches with them, and they constantly call them, and they email them, and they drop off tchotchkes, and they have these big, elaborate, crazy systems, and they do get business from the centers of influence and past clients, but here is the problem ultimately. It's not predictable. Didn't say don't do it. Didn't say well, you shouldn't do it. I did say it should be your first spoke, but you've got to realize the fallacy of it being your only spoke is you can't control it. You can't literally say uh, with the center of influence and past client-based business that you're going to wake up in the morning and have a viable lead because that's all they're doing. They're just waiting for someone to email. They don't even, most of them will never in a billion years call them. They're just dripping on them, dropping off waiting. tchotchkes, doing parties for them, you know, those types of things. But they're never doing anything proactive. Everything's passive with hopes that they're going to get business.
So just be clear about that, folks. Centers of influence and past clients is what everyone's attracted to for obvious reasons because it involves what you perceive to be the least amount of rejection. That's true. That's the reason it should be your first spoke. It doesn't take long to put that spoke in place. Don't waste uh, – don't think that uh, that can be your only spoke. You need to learn how to be a proactive lead generator. So your next spokes have to be the ones that are skills-based, not the ones that are based on buying business, which is in, set, in essence what Centers of Influence and Past Clients is. It's buying business. Julie? Yes, you're absolutely right. And you reminded me <clears throat> excuse me, of a podcast topic that we haven't done in a very long time, possibly years, but uh, the concept of waiting on, <clears throat> on business. I have an outline that I'll, I'll dust off that talks about how many things in the typical agent's life they are waiting for, waiting for a client to call them back, waiting for somebody to follow up with them, waiting to hear from a lender whether somebody's approved versus being proactive. So you just sparked a podcast. I digress. Okay, we'll get to that in a later one. All right, so assuming that you've got your lead generation worked out and you have leads, and as a coach I have to say on coaching calls, it's not uncommon for you to go, oh, yeah, i got to follow up with that guy. Most of you do have leads. So let's move to the second step. Follow up with urgency. Follow our 18 lead follow-up rules. Furiously fast follow-up, not follow-up when you feel like it. Starting with an understanding of urgency. So never end the day without following up on 100% of your leads. It does not matter if they came in your email, voicemail, text, or online. Follow up. And don't have like elaborate different ways, you know, if it came via text, I'm going to only text them back and that kind of rule for that, another kind of rule for a referral. Just follow up on all of them. Call them 100% of the time. Next, well, let's, remember let's that fire leads are, Yes, go let's, ahead. Let's hover there, okay? So there are, a, if you're new in the business, newer in the business, or if you're just, you know, working on your business, there are, you're going to be inundated with people trying to sell you into the concept that long-term lead follow-up is something that will essentially win the day for you. There has been a – this is not a new idea. It's been around forever, dripping, emailing, mailing, postcards, whatever, long-term lead follow-up. Again, thousands of companies out there probably, they're trying to sell you very fancy, elaborate systems for long-term lead follow-up. Don't do it. It's a waste of time. All kinds of research has been done by the very companies that are selling you these systems, by the way. I've had them on our podcast, and of course – they're not going to weasel out of asking my questions. And when I ask them questions about, so let's talk about what percent of the business comes from an agent who has leads in their system, and the leads are, say, more than maybe 30 days old. And the answer is usually zero. Uh, I think it was National Association of Realtors did another research uh, project on this very thing, and it showed that, oh, guess what? The answer is zero or damn near zero. And then I'll tell you another waste of time that falls into the same guise, your website, waste of time, waste of money. How much business does the average agent get from their own personal website? Zero. How much money are you guys being coerced to spend on your agent website? Why are you doing it? Nobody goes there. <laughs> I mean, seriously. If you, most brokerages provide a great standalone site, that's all you need. Big companies like EXP and you know, Douglas Elliman and all these, they have great templated websites. That's all you need. Oh, you want it to be unique. Why? Only you and your mom are ever going to look at it. Nobody gets, agents don't get business from their websites. Inman did a killer study on this, and they're using a National Association of Realtors um, as the backbone for their, their research. And you can go on Inman's website and read about it. I'm not making the number up. It was like the average agent gets zero leads from their website. 
So don't waste money on it. Don't waste money on long-term lead follow-up. Bitter, hard pills to swallow for some of you who have already spent money or are spending money on these things. Stop. It doesn't work. You're doing it because you're hoping and praying that's going to create a lead. You're doing it because you're hoping and praying it'll compensate for you not doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You're hoping and praying that if you have enough of these passive lead generators out there that you will not have to ever make yourself uncomfortable and learn how to actually proactively lead generate. Julie? Yes, indeed. And I could not let this slide without our next point on this. Remember that buyer leads, and remember, step two is follow up with urgency. Buyer leads are listing leads in buyer's clothing. Don't blow off mm -hmm. your buyer calls just because you, quote, already have too many buyers. Use great scripts like this simple one. Which home in the area do you plan on selling? I've had agents tell me, I don't bother with my sign calls because I've already got too many buyers. Okay. <laughs> like, what if those buyers have something to sell? Isn't that a great thing? Anyway, I suppose they'll go on to the next agent if you don't follow up with them. All right, step number three, pre-qualify for motivation and time frame. Another often skipped step. Remember that actually taking listings is a process. It is a step-by-step -step thing. Pre-qualifying is critical. Pre-qualify 100% of your leads, both buyer and seller, 100% of the time, using the buyer and seller pre-qualification scripts 100% of the time. Don't have different rules for different types of leads. I don't care if it's your mom's house. Ask her pre-qualifying questions. Wouldn't you like to know what the time frame is? What her motivation is? Okay. So pre-qualify all the time using the same scripts. Next, always know the following prior to listing appointments using the script. And by the way, we did a dedicated podcast to just this point, which was called Don't Go If You Don't Know, the following points, the seller's time frame, their motivation. Are they buying as well as selling? Are they speaking with other agents? And if so, how many, who, and how did they decide who to talk with? And the price that they have in mind and why. All of those things are drawn out by the seller pre-qualification script, which premier coaching clients have and use because they're following the seven-step listing process. I don't understand how agents can show up to a listing appointment not knowing this stuff and expect to take the listing. Don't you want ego. to know what the price the seller's got That's in their why. mind is? Ego. They it, think it they're going to walk in there and charm somebody, and they're going to have mm -hmm. just I'm, I'm just I don't pull it out of the air. The universe will bring me my script. Right. <laughs> the the universe yes. will tell me you know everything I need. Oh yes, I do not need to be a professional. I can just go in there and woo them. That's what you guys think. You know you know what's terrible about that is that those same agents that thing? have that mindset. <laughs> well, I know is that they, that kind of agent also looks for evidence that they're right on that. Oh, totally. And the one or two times that they were able to wing it and they won, which was almost always because it was repeater referral or a friend of theirs, they look at that as reinforcement that they're good enough to not have to learn this stuff. Until and the flip side to it is when wrong. they fail – when they yeah. fail, they try to blame it on something external. Oh, yeah. oh the or, other agent bought the listing. I didn't listing. want the listing anyway. Yeah. I didn't want it anyway, yeah. They, didn't, they weren't going to listen to me. They were mean. The other agent had some sort of inside track. No, it's because you weren't good enough to get the listing. We are in Hawaii, and a very, very nice gentleman named uh, Zeus, kick-ass name. We were talking about why he didn't get a couple listings he went on. And I, the answer was because you didn't earn them. 
The answer was the seller chose somebody else because the other agent that they chose earned it, and you didn't. You're not good enough yet to take that listing. So that's called total ownership, folks. Where is it that you failed was the question I asked him. And then I started asking him all the things that Julie just said. Did you pre-qualify them? Did you send a pre-listing pack? Did you know their motivations? Did you know what they owed? Did you know if you were competing anybody else, with anybody else? Did you know what they thought it was worth? Did you know their actual time frame? Did you know if they had any secondary or maybe third mortgages? Did you know everything there possibly was to know prior to going? No, none of those things. Oh, you just got the call and went, right? Got it. And you think you deserve that listing when the other agent probably did a hell of a lot more research than you, was more professional than you, sent a pre-listing pack ahead of time, knew how to present, had an actual organized approach. You didn't earn it. That was the answer. And you know what? To his credit, he didn't argue with me. He wasn't even offended by me saying it. He agreed that is somebody who's going to do extraordinary things with his life, right? Because his ego didn't stand in his way. Oh, no, Tim, you don't have the backstory. Okay, got it. You're not ready. I get it. It's hard stuff that we say because it's the truth. It's not what you want to hear. It's what you have to hear for us to be true to our mission. Now, along those lines, guys, if we can do anything for you, remember, always email us directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We're always here for all of you. If you'd like a free coaching call, just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.